listening to episode 35, chapter one of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today, we're talking with Jim and Alan Fadling about their book, What Does Your Soul Love? Jim and Alan Fadling are founders of Unhurried Living Incorporated, a nonprofit that resources and trains Christian leaders to rest deeper, live fuller, and lead better. Jim is a trained spiritual director, retreat speaker, and podcaster, and she enjoys serving as a guide with the intention of helping people encounter God in their very real lives. Alan is also a trained spiritual director, and he speaks and consults internationally with organizations such as Saddleback Church, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and Open Doors International. He is an award-winning author of An Unhurried Leader and An Unhurried Life, which was honored with a Christianity Today Award of Merit in Spirituality. You are a beloved child of God. We talk about that a lot, but it's not truly understood by the majority of Christians. One of the biggest challenges facing every Christian is the struggle to grasp our identity as valued and loved children of God. But this is really the starting point of all discipleship. When we put the cart in front of the horse, though, and believe our transformation is the starting point of the Christian life, we cause all kinds of problems. We may not always claim it's a precondition to getting into heaven, but we do think and act in ways that show we want to prove we are worth something so that God will continue to accept us. The irony is that we miss God's open arms as we run around trying to prove he should open them to us. Brennan Manning said, To live by grace means to acknowledge my whole life story, the light side and the dark. In admitting my shadow side, I learn who I am and what God's grace means. When we put up our facades and attempts to prove our own worth, we often end up hiding our flaws and our messiness in the process. But when we truly see God's love for us, that doesn't begin when we get our lives cleaned up. We begin to see ourselves in a different light. We begin to see ourselves as masterpieces. In this chapter, Jim and Alan unpack what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship from a place of love. And it's from that place that transformation begins to occur. Jim and Alan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you guys so much for being on. I'm really excited to talk with you today about your book, What Does Your Soul Love? Eight Questions That Reveal God's Work in You. And so um, I think the best place to start first is just why did you guys write this book? Where did this book come from? Well, it really stems out of the fact that we love transformation. We love change. And that might seem funny because not everybody likes change. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Let's, Let's be real. But um, but we love the transformative process that God has us in over the course of our life. And we really wrote this book because we wanted to share what that has looked like in our own lives. And it just so happened to come through these eight questions, which actually were answers to a prayer that I prayed. Oh. Um, many, many years ago, um, I was in a place where I kind of liked where I was, and I'm a curious person. So I asked God in prayer um, how did I get here? You know, I was in my 40s. So by that time, you've lived enough life and, and 
and there was just some things that had gone on, uh, but I had grown and developed. And so I asked God, how did that happen? It was sort of a meta question. You can kind of tell that though, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he answered right then and there, well, this is all you did and this is all I did. Um, but I held that question with me for months, mm-hmm. maybe even a year. And over the course of that, there would just be insights that came in other prayer times as I was listening. Well, you know, when this happened, this is one of those, this is one of those times when you were, when there was resistance and you leaned in or when you were really afraid. And again, you leaned in. <laughs> so each one of these is actually an answer to a prayer. Mm. Okay, good, because that's the, I'm going to ask you some specifics about how these things came up a, a little bit later. Yeah. But I like this idea of of, of change, and, and you, you begin the book talking about that you really wanted to write about transformation. And, and you, I think you've hit it on the head that most people were good with transformation until we find out that involves change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and really, they it's go nice together. To about maybe. Huh? Yeah. Say, so maybe it's nice to read about that's uh, right. Maybe that's a little different. <laughs> or we want the instant end result without the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yep. And so I think that's a really great insight that you guys are pointing out is that we're after the end goal, and but that involves us changing, and then that changing is is at times difficult and 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 hard. Like like you were saying, Jim, we have to push up against that resistance. Um, so what sort of transformation though should we be seeking? What's the end goal with this thing? Yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm in the Sunday school answer That's neighborhood, right. but uh, I really think that um, God is inviting us to be transformed into the image of his son. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to say, and I think this comes in the very last chapter, that, you know, we're not junk needing to be radically repurposed. We are masterpieces needing to be restored. Mm. That original goodness precedes original sin. And I think that's important because um, I think discipleship is becoming who we were meant to be, as opposed to discipleship being some obscure or foreign or unrelated to our actual lives kind of experience. That actually, in following Jesus, we become who we actually were meant to be. So I think that's the the vision, that into the image of God, as we see it in Christ, that really is the direction in which change is taking place. Yeah. And and I know that question can seem simple, and you know we do default to the Sunday school answers a lot, but I think it's underrated how profound even that simple answer is, that it's really we're after becoming like Christ— and so mm-hmm. it's sometimes, you you know, I think that's just a great phrase to meditate on and just try to figure out really what that entails. You know, it's easy to take that at face value and just say, oh, well, Jesus was a good person. He did good mm-hmm. things. He was nice to people. Yeah. Or he helped heal people. He, he did all these nice things and then just say, well, becoming like Jesus means just doing nice things. Yeah. And we kind of leave it at that. But if you really yeah, dig deep into it, it, it becomes a whole lot more because you understand, well, Jesus didn't just do nice things. He, if you want to pull from Philippians, emptied himself completely and did something that was, if you want to put a human, project human emotions onto it, something uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because it wasn't, it wasn't part of his nature mm-hmm. to be human, but he did that. Yeah. And so it was, becoming like Christ then can mean 
a lot more than what we may think when we just look at it on the surface. Yeah, the significance of the discipleship journey has just been elevated by a huge magnitude when we when we say it like that. And I love the way that you guys said it. It's like the transforming invitation of Jesus is the same one Jesus extended to his first followers. Mm-hmm. An invitation to be a student, an apprentice, a disciple. Yeah, <laughs> so I, just same, like say, yeah. I just love to say, I just think Jesus is an absolute genius. <laughs> and I, I love learning from him how to live my life uh, how to navigate and respond to particular situations I encounter. Uh, it's not just a simple, shallow WWJD sort of thing, but it's it's really <laughs> that he comes, as you say, he empties himself. He takes upon himself the very sort of life we have. He depends fully on the Spirit of God to live this life we were meant to live. So he models for us what it would look like to live this way. And we can begin in in our holy imagination, our holy prayer, to envision what that might look like in my actual life as I find it today. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. It, and it makes it concrete. Again, we're not talking about change or transformation to just become a better person. Like, there's right. a lot of that in the culture. And so, again, I, I, that's one of the reasons why I want to ask that question is just to be clear about the change that we're seeking here. It's really to become shaped into the image of Christ, like you're saying, and, and to have the Spirit work in us and to, uh, how, how did you say it, restore the masterpiece that was there yeah. all along. Yes. Yeah. So who we're becoming matters. And I think that's another reason we wrote this book. Again, not a lot of people will think about that. We stay on the level of what we think and what we do. Who I am matters a great deal when I'm thinking and when I'm doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In our culture right now, if you get on any kind of social media, you'll find that it seems like a lot of people are just not listening and just flapping their jaws. And then it turns to argument and then contempt. Um, At the center of that is who are you? What kind of stuff is spilling out of you if that's the way you're communicating right now? The the heart matters. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that that is really a great point. And um, okay, we're probably this is going to be a, a one tangent because I've got some thoughts on this, but <laughs> but but I think this is a good point. And we've talked about social media usage a little bit on this podcast, but uh, you know, you bring up a great point because when we talk to people on social media and we do that, we not only dehumanize them by not seeing them as the people that God created, but I think you're pointing out something good is we've forgotten who we are in that yes. case because we're not communicating. From a position of I'm supposed to be uh, shining the light of Christ out to the world, yeah. confession, I do this when I'm driving because I don't see drivers as – I see them as cars and they're in my way. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I consciously have to – in fact, I did a project in seminary where part of my spiritual growth plan was specifically on looking at drivers as other human beings that God created. And so, but I think social media has really just exacerbated this whole thing. And we just sort of, you're right. We hold so much contempt for other people when we just start firing back and forth and it just becomes a, who can get the last word in sort of a situation. So. uh, So I think that another way to say that then is that, this transforming journey I'm on, this response to the invitation to be transformed is not just something that's happening for my benefit, that I really am being transformed for the sake of others, mm. you know, that I'm being changed into the image of Christ because that would be good for the world in which I live. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and it would recommend the good message that I want the world to know about Jesus. Yeah. My life would actually recommend that message. Yes. We're called. We receive the benefits of the calling for sure, but our calling involves uh, others as well. So, yeah, I love that. But one of the things in this area, since we're talking about this, that can get really iffy and, re- and I've struggled with it personally, and I know others do as well. Is uh, and you pointed out is that we don't seek growth or this transformation from a place of uh, of wanting to be loved by God, and that's it. Seems like that legalism or trying to earn God's love is the place that most of us start a personal growth a journey, at least in our culture today. And I think that spills over into the church. But you you're adamant about saying this has to begin from a place of realizing that we are already loved. So why is that place such an important starting place? Yeah, that's that's really important. Um, so one of the ways that that I think we said it in the book is we don't change so that we'll be loved. We're loved, and so we can change. Mm-hmm. Now this gets at that line in uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. Um, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, we have kindness already, and then that inspires, that energizes. This this enables us to be people open to change. Um, So, you know, on the matter of identity, which I know is important to you, we have to establish that our identity is already in place. I'm not a person changing so that God will think more highly of me. Unfortunately, I live in a world where that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in a family where if you performed at 99th percentile, you might get a good job. So I learned how to live in a world that you perform and then you're valued. Mm. But I live in a kingdom in which my value is not in question. I don't work to prove my worth. I work to express my worth. I don't change to prove I'm valuable and, and should be included in the kingdom. I, I'm changing in response to this idea that I'm a masterpiece. That's not self-important. It's just a simple statement about the nature of who I am made in the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. That gives me confidence. It gives me courage to lean into the things that feel a little scary, like changing. Whenever we have a desire to grow, we need to be aware of the motivations behind that desire. Why do you want to grow in Christ? It may seem odd to question such a desire because it seems self-evident that growing in Christ is a good thing. But if we don't ask ourselves why, then we can't be sure we are seeking growth for the right reasons. And if we aren't seeking growth for the right reasons, the kind of growth we're seeking can be wrong. Think of Simon the Sorcerer in Acts 8, who seems to have a genuine conversion experience until he tries to buy the power of the Holy Spirit from Peter. In that moment, Simon's motives for growth were revealed. Or the seven sons of Sceva in Acts 19, who tied... Or the seven sons of Sceva in Acts 19, who tried to cast a demon out of a man. They simply wanted the power, not the person of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about growing in Christ, it shouldn't be to become better, to correct flaws about yourself, or to try to measure up to God's standards. What l- that way lies legalism and failure. But when our desire is to grow in our le- I'll, I'll pick. That way lies legalism and failure. But when our desire is to grow in our relationship with Christ, 
we are able to accept that God has created us to be his children and that he accepts us for who we are. He then begins to transform our hearts and lives as we grow in our relationship with Christ. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Jem and Alan's work, check out unhurriedliving.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Jem and Alan help us learn how to begin this journey of transformation. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.